Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Modern Wong Chat. Uh, my stream lab is acting a little bit weird, so hopefully you can hear me all right. But if not, feel free to let me know. Of course, we're doing this live, as you can tell. We're on twitch.tv slash photo right now. But of course, you can listen to this on iTunes, on Spotify. I'm debating if I should go on Amazon because they did just send me an email saying like, oh, they're doing a podcast part to add on to Amazon Music. And there's a whole thing. I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. I did read the terms and agreements, like the actual fine details. Not too happy about it. But maybe. I mean, it's kind of like Spotify. So maybe. I don't know. I'm going to wait wait it out for a little bit. But of course, you know, you can also watch this on YouTube as well. Uh, there's a link, a playlist to my main channel on Modern Wong Photo on YouTube. But it can go to the Modern Wong Vodcast channel. Anyway, today we have right Right, Gene, on what episode are we on? We are on 46. Uh, he is a senior developer relations at Riot Games. He's an entrepreneur. He's just advising. He does many other great things, but he is a person with a great mind. So anything esports or not even non-esports related, I'm definitely picking his brain on this. Um, so let's see what he got to say. What's up, Gene? Hey, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? I, I'm doing good. I'm a little, I'm a little sunburned because uh, I'm on vacation. You look sunburned. You look fine on my screen, yeah. though. I feel like maybe your screen is a little bit just maybe more on the red side. You just look pale AF. I look much <laughs> more burned than you are. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I was worried because I forgot sunscreen today when I was out playing golf. But uh, yeah, it, uh, like uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to be chatting. I, I've, I've honestly, I've watched I think almost all of your uh, interviews, and they're, they're all fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Your your sweater. First of all, what is yeah. it? Check and is oh, it is uh, it oh, is a okay. uh, check. Yeah, and uh, it it is uh, it is a it is a Japanese uh, designer who I'm a very big fan of. He has a brand called Undercover, and he did a collaboration with Nike. Um, so okay. uh, I had to pick it up. See, when I saw that, like, I couldn't tell. Is it a like a parody shirt or like whatever? Like my uh, first guess was like. Oh, is it kind of like a improv shirt? Like check and something, but then what's as soon as I say check, it's like it could be check and balance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, on, on the I don't know if you can I can show on the shoulders. It says uh, chaos and uh, what was the other side and balance on this balance. side. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. You were you were you were you were correct. Yeah, yeah, I'm like right there. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So first of all, tell me, you are a senior. Developer relations. Yeah. At what, is, what does that games. mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. What does that do? Um. So my role is this. Uh. Um. Is this really weird role where I get to do part engineering, part business development, part marketing, and mainly overall like manage a product. Where I work with uh, developers. Like I build out systems and I build out programs for developers of all sizes worldwide to um, build things around Riot. And this is everything from uh, I am a student uh, in, in high school and middle school wanting to learn how to code and like kind of prove to my parents, hey, gaming's not all about playing games. It's about also learning and education and stuff like that um, to companies in the middle in like, in like that are starting to make money and be profitable. Um, and then big companies that are that are actually making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year building stuff specifically for players of riot like of riots games or for esports teams and then even further working with uh companies like nvidia google 
the the Fortune 500s of the world making sure that they have data integrations and stuff like that around um, League of Legends, Valorant, TFT, Legend of Terror, and future games. So we, mm-hmm. I do, I do, I split, I split my time pretty much between all of our games and R and D. Um, and I, I, my goal is to have as many people and as many companies uh, have a full time living building things around anything Riot does. And I, I've been doing this kind of this work for most of my career, where I did it for other companies previously. And uh, it, it's it's honestly it's a it's a pretty awesome awesome opportunity that doesn't really exist much elsewhere in the gaming space. So currently, Riot probably has about what four five titles. I'm losing count. Uh, we have Main? not not in counting not counting mobile, um, mm-hmm. uh, and not counting board games. We have four main titles. Uh, yeah. Oh right, I forgot you guys have board games. I actually yeah. saw it too a few years ago yeah. at forgot which event it was. Uh, it's 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 honestly, and um, this is me before even working at Riot. It is the best money you'll spend on a board game because uh, really? the, the team honestly did an excellent job on like making it as cheap as possible and everything, but still giving really high quality things. I think on like some of the board game rating services, uh-huh. it's it's incredibly high. It's at least top 100 uh, board games uh, for like, and, and the thing a lot of people like are like, the are really positive about is it is very uh, like price per, like you're, you get bang for your buck. Like it's really, mm. really good. Like metal pieces, replayability, everything. It like looks that. really pretty. Because yeah. I uh, forgot what event it was. It might be E3 or something, but like <clears throat> uh, League Right, they did like a rift walk kind of thing experience. Mm-hmm. I remember the rift walk. And, yeah, it was amazing. And at the end, they were actually showcasing that board game. I think that was the year they came out with it. And I was like, mm. oh, cool. Like, I didn't know what it was, but uh, it looks. How was? Have you tried it though? How's the mechanism of yeah. the game? Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've tried it out. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I love figurines and stuff like that. So, uh-huh. um, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, but uh, I, I haven't, I haven't honestly because of uh, COVID and everything else not it's pretty hard to play a board game these days yeah definitely with yeah. uh so as i said there's like at least so many titles mm. at riots now is it more work for you then because then you have to deal with like every single side yeah yeah um uh it is it is um it was already a full-time job just working on league of legends um so we build that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of the time i build products rather than mm. directly working things where we're always looking to in my MO is really to how can I scale something and how can I scale myself? And I think mm. scaling yourself is something that a lot of people don't do well. Where mm. and, and Riot, honestly, and, and every company I've worked with and managers have really taught me this, which is build ways for you to impact the most amount of people and provide the most amount of value and, uh, and ignore everything else. Um, where I want to build systems that I can... Uh, fire and like work on and and there's a process and i don't have to spend a lot of time outside of that and i that time that is outside of that can be spent on a different program so i know the process to do deal with various things i have systems in place to do rollouts and everything else like that um so that it's not having to be repeatable and like from scratch each time okay so it's like very scalable and also like in case like you cannot be the person yes. in the spots, you can have someone come in and say, "All right, this is exactly what you have to do, and this is like what you're doing this yeah. side." Especially when you have more titles, then you say, "Hey, exactly. you know, we need 
this for this titles and then I mean this for this position and this title for this position and yeah. it's kind of and as as like a like a newbie to the like to tech industry and working my <laughs> philosophy was to build things and be irreplaceable like I'm the only person who can handle this I'm the only person who knows what what's what's going on everything like that but uh I've come around like very quickly and I've had some great managers mm. who taught me that that's actually a very bad idea um because uh like when you do want to go work on something else or grow mm-hmm. or um or the 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 responsibilities expand it makes it very hard for you to be able to take advantage of the opportunities so mm. i i i basically operate anything i build at riot or anything i build in general with the expectation of if i got hit by a bus and put in the hospital or or, or whatever the, mm. everything could continue to run because i have documented the entire process I have like there are spread like it's sure you'd have to do some like you'd have to understand how my brain works sometimes, <laughs> but like the data is there in spreadsheet form and in doc form and everything to be able to run a uh, at, least, at least like an eighty percent version or so of what my plans were. You know, I thought about this too, and this is I, I really wish there was an experience I can do this. This completely mm-hmm. sidetrack and off track, but whatever. This was his chat is for. But I was <laughs> thinking like. It'd be cool if there's an experience that I can do where I will lose my memory for a day. Uh, just like, you know, I wake up, I have no idea who I am. Like, yes. Of course, I have to agree to it, sign a form, and then, you know, take mm-hmm. some pills or whatever and do the happen. But then after 24 hours, I'll get all my memories back, but also remember how I felt when I have no memories of myself. Yeah. I want to see how I, much percentage I can catch up about myself. I, it's, it's, it's an incredible, that, that would be incredible. Um, I've met some user ux user experience uh people over the years who Mm. are absolutely amazing about basically resetting their brain and going through a process of understanding how an app works or like anything or like a like a like going from zero to 60 or in some sort of system that like i just i look at them and i'm like how do you throw away your common sense how do you throw away the years of uh experience that you've had doing this stuff it's uh it's it's really really amazing i i got to work um early in my career with uh this like an amazing individual named clemens um uh and he previously had worked on the nba um app like the app that you every nba player used i mean not a player uh viewer used for a very long time for Mm. to be able to catch stuff and his he was able to talk about at length the what happened in the zero to 10 seconds, the 10 seconds to 20 seconds, the 30 seconds to 40 seconds, the end and on and on and like mm. break down what the thought process of someone who's never seen this before, how they would react. And he, he was, he was incredible at, at everything he did there. Um, I think he actually ended up winning. I didn't know this is a thing, but he won Emmys for his design work and everything like that. He was an incredible You can win person. an Emmy for that? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's like the viewer experience or um type oh, thing where it's like the data and everything. Um, but yeah, he he was like sourced on like I think four or five Emmys. He's like uh, on the list for him. He's an incredible individual. I need to catch up with him. Actually, this is a great reminder. That's awesome. Yeah, like I think it's it's hard because like you're so used to doing certain thing like where things would be clicking, and since you're in, especially if you were the person who built the thing, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I know where to go from there. It's kind of hard to like forgetful to be that. Way. I mean. It's cool. I wonder would they have would those people also have some kind of split personality kind of <laughs> yeah like I mean helpful I, thing. A, a nice thing is that 
if you and this is what like honestly the psychology that worked on me to start switching is the hey I and it helps that I work at like a place like Riot or in the gaming industry where there's like always like the shiny thing I want to go do and they're like Gene the job you do has to get done mm. so you need to write down how it's done so you can go do that and so someone else can do this and um and it's like oh okay well I I know I can do this if someone else is able to do this and that's that's a a big thing to to be able to start incentive to help yeah. hand off you know exactly and so when you hand off you want to do it well you want to make sure that person doesn't fail you want to make sure that they don't have to call you being like hey why is this not working or how does this work you so documenting is is huge and that's 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 a thing that i definitely learned from being an engineer and product <laughs> and everything it's just like you always got to document everything i know i like have, whenever i pick up someone else's code i'm like Oh my God! There's no notes. I don't know what they're doing. I have to like just read everything as if like, oh, and is sometimes end up faster if you start building it from scratch yourself. It's just exactly. really annoying. I I have a ton of fun going on GitHub and just like just <laughs> searching through and just being like, oh, this looks like an abandoned project, and like take like taking it over and working or like seeing if I can get it working. Um, but I know I'm kind of a freak when that like that's weird because <laughs> like I'll, I'll see this product and I'm like. They, they, they tell me what it does, and if they said it worked in 2016, and I'm like, huh, do you, can I get this to work again? It's almost like the equivalent of, like, you know how, like, a mechanic will find... That's like fixing an old like car, yeah. Car, yeah, you'll find a car in a barn from, like, the 1940s or whatever, and they, they've got to get it working. They, they, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about cars that pour gas in the end, in or oil into stuff, and whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, But that, I feel like that's what it is, where I've got to, like, download a VM... And then d- install the version of software, or find the version of software that existed in that year. Make My sure everything talks. Alive. Yeah, uh-huh. because like backwards compatibility only goes so far. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of pretty much like a lot of uh, movies starting out. It's like even Bumblebee, you know, Transformer yeah. Bumblebee is about like, oh, let's fix up a car, you know, <laughs> kind of a situation. So, yeah. um, but you're like, on hey, what, a you're gonna, text when are we gonna get the first movie where it's like? Hey, rather than fix up this car, let's fix up these GitHub things. Let's see how this works. Let's fix this software that's not been working for forty years. Uh, that'll be the sure day. Yeah, maybe Nextron because uh, Nextron's coming out. Okay, yeah, that's good. I, I, that's good. That'd be a good they one. Got I didn't a know new director. Out. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, they got a new director, and then I forgot who the casting. I don't know. I I know my friends weren't really happy about it, but I didn't read into it. I just know they got a director. They announced it, and everything, especially with um, I guess they. Maybe it's gonna be on Disney Plus. They might do the same thing with Mulan. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Mulan stuff is fascinating. Like it's it's very interesting. See, it's very split. It's actually how very see how how people split about how they think about it. Some people say, no, F that thirty dollars like to to watch a movie at home is like no way. Because I used to you know renting a movie for like five bucks or ten yeah. bucks. Like thirty is yeah. ridiculous. But we are in a pandemic. So to, in, to, yeah. to be fair, it is, it's, a, it's a complicated thing, and I don't want to. I probably shouldn't get into the whole how the movie industry works and how theaters <laughs> are a lobby, and like the theater, like like the theaters are, are willing to sue and like or just completely block movies being released if they don't do it on their timelines mm-hmm. and everything. So what I expect with this, uh, with the the Disney one, is that it'll start at at thirty dollars, and then mm-hmm. a month or two down the road, it'll drop to fifteen. And then mm-hmm. a month or two down the road, it'll drop Disney to Plus. additional five. And then mm-hmm. within like six to eight months, I bet it'll be Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I have, I feel very divided for what people say. 
some of my friends later brought up good points. It's like, is I mean, here's the thing: for the thirty dollars, do you own the movie or is it rent? Yes. I feel like that's going back and forth. It's owned now, yes. right? Yeah, it, from what I have read, it it is associated with your account on Disney Plus permanently. It's your library. I don't think you have. What's not clear is, do you have to have an active Disney Plus subscription to be able to watch it? Um, mm. That's going to be an interesting one, where it's like. And that's that's honestly where I'll get a little iffy is if they're like, you have to have an active subscription and you paid this money. I'm like, eh, no. <sighs> that's going to be a tricky then. They're going to, unless they create a system, because right now the systems that you have to be yeah. paying each month or like annually to get yeah. Disney Plus. So unless they can make it like iTunes where you can still have the existing account without paying a live subscription, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it, honestly we're we're a divided household on this. Uh, Casey is uh, very much a theater geek. Um, mm -hmm. Like she she's self admitted she loves going to the movie theater. Like uh -huh. we used to go to the movie theater probably once a week, maybe sometimes more. So you guys um, got the movie pass when it was out? Uh, we we didn't we didn't we had the what? I think the AMC version or whatever. So that's but. later. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, when I first then, when Disney Plus, oh, no, when the movie pass came out, I live in downtown. I'm literally walking distant from the Nokia uh, uh, Plaza, you know the yeah. right downtown. So I literally just walked there almost every other day because like, mm. it's movie pass. So I'm I'm not limited by how many week. It's just literally one per day. So yeah. when I finish working, I get tired. I'll just go there and like enjoy the AC and sit there, you know. And if some friend texts me, say, like, "Hey, you want to go get drink?" I mean, I'm sure we did that before too. One yeah. of the nights, like, "Hey, you want to go to Gom?" It's like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I'll just leave the movie halfway through because <laughs> either I already seen it or like yeah. eh, I can come back and watch it tomorrow. Hey, I, I I get that. I'm I I'm not as big of a, a movie movie person, partially mm. because like I have my ADD is off the charts. Um, mm. where it's just like sitting in something and focusing on one thing is, is not really in my me methodology where I'm it just feels sitting like there a waste of time. Hours. Yeah. Like, even yeah. at home, I would have it on a second monitor while I'm yes. like either playing games, yeah. working on photos or something. But you know, back then again, it was like a pay for thing and it's like yeah. free yeah. at that point. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste it. It's like a, it's like a, I mean, there's, there, there are movies we go, I definitely want to see, but mm -hmm. it is it is like a journey for me to do that. Or like, it's like, I like Casey absolutely would go see probably every movie that's out there. Um, uh, I, uh, I am uh, not as good. I, I, someone, someone in the chat pointed out that I believe it's Tim, uh, that this means that I would use my phone in the movie theater. I will not I use that. my phone in the movie theater, but I want to. Look, um, so I was watching at home. Absolutely. <laughs> For that situation, if I want to spend a day, I actually just want to spend time on my phone while watching a movie yeah. when I have my movie pass, I'll just sit in the back row. So I'm not bothering yeah. anybody because, again, yeah. I don't care about the movie. I'm here for the sound while there's something going on in the background. Technically, it's still a movie in the background. It's just that I'm in a theater doing it. So, so what was the last movie you saw in theaters? Ooh, I don't even remember. Like, are we talking... Because uh, like, I'm trying to think how many movies I have seen after movie pass but before pandemic i don't yeah. think there was that many maybe one or two but i forgot what they were already but there was some movie i, I did I, catch i know i know what my last one was my last one was bad boys oh no i saw that at home i didn't even go to theater i don't think that's a movie i will watch a theater you know uh, I, I love i'm i'm a I, this this is something that i like was was like a shocker to me bad boys was something like the franchise 
um, was something that I grew up with. Uh, but I, uh-huh. I also grew, I grew up a lot on military bases. And so mm-hmm. military bases, huge places for um, that type of movie. And Casey, I was like, I need to see this Bad Boy movie when it comes out. And she's like, why are you so obsessed with Bad Boys 3? And I'm like, it's... it's <laughs> I need to know how this story goes. I need to know, like, how is Mike Lowry doing this? Like, like, where has he grown as an individual? Is he still like, like rough and tumble and whatever? Um, uh, And uh, she just didn't understand it. And like, she has still not seen Bad Boys 2 or Bad Boys 1. But like, I've probably seen those movies like dozens of times. Yeah, especially Bad Boys 2. That was I feel like they kind of Bad Boys 3 was kind of stretched, though. I feel like they kind of really weird yeah. like it's unnecessary story i don't know uh, but but the bad boys franchise mm-hmm. I, I think it doesn't get enough credit for really launching the new generation of summer blockbuster like mm. it launched i it launched the career of of like it we would not have the transformers movies in my opinion without the bad boys movies i think bad boys 2 really said yeah i feel like that one was really much bigger than bad boys one but like yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked into it. I don't even know Bad Boys yeah. is a series that I we really need to like deep dive. Like, <laughs> I feel like you can write like an essay on this. Like, this is yeah. my thesis statement. Like, why Bad Boys has se- make cinematography or like the whole blockbuster summer theater I mean, kind I of mean, thing. You, you've got you've got the the cinematic helicopter coming in slow motion <laughs> above you. Classic shot from any Michael Bay movie. It's uh-huh. it, it it's really where he he learned and like perfected things that you then see in further movies and uh and it, i i love those movies so much i see i don't have hate for a transformer movie because you going in you know what to expect and the, yeah. the um the cgi the first is really one was good. great the first one was great oh the yeah second mm-hmm. one was it get worse like that the story the story just get worse and worse as you yeah. go along but i really go watch it for the special effects i'm like eh, if i know going in that's what i was my expectation i'm like i'm not i'm not mad about it you know yeah. So yeah. we're talking about like how movies and stuff going into a subscription service kind of thing. Is gaming space doing the same thing? Like, yeah, definitely. How, um, how so? This, this has actually been a, a big thing uh, this week specifically. Um, and this is the this this is a, this is a very big one. We're seeing more and more games move into subscription subscription models. You've got the Stadia's out there. You've got Apple Arcade. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what the Google one is the equivalent to uh, to that, where you get a bunch of free games if you pay like four ninety nine a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you've got uh, Nvidia um, with their streaming service. Is um, Nvidia having then... one? I don't remember. What does Nvidia have one? So I they, they have tried one, it they, and then it they, failed. They oh they they have uh, they have something right now that where allows you to play things. And then there's the uh, and then there's uh, XCloud, which is Microsoft's. Um, thing and the, the 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 issue that's popped up really massively this week is that uh, XCloud will not be offered right now on any Apple device, and mm. Stadia will not be offered on any Apple device. Or like like Facebook has their own game streaming um, or like game subscription type service. It will not. It, it, they they are going to be on Apple, but in super limited version where there's not game the games involved or anything like that. So it's been it like there's this there's this underswell of of people being very angry right now in the game industry at Apple because Apple did do amazing things for the industry for many many years. They helped mm-hmm. um, bring mobile gaming to the forefront. They helped make 
billion dollar companies and like the likes of Supercell and Zynga and everything else. But they are, in a way, my opinion is that we're starting to outgrow the them wanting a super curated thing where we're no longer looking for a overall platform that will curate, but a downstream system that will curate for us. So I like we're going to we're about to see what happens with this new generation of uh, consoles and everything else and with everything that's happening with games because i as an android user i'm gonna go uh, xbox i'm going to go game xbox game pass xbox x cloud and i'll be able to play new games each week each month whenever i'll be able mm-hmm. to have the subscription service um and be able to stream games to my phone and play xbox games there mm-hmm. but my friends who are uh, iphone users they do not get that option anymore they do not mm. get at least right now, and so that, so who is the person that costs? Is Apple the one that making this difficult? Yeah, it, or... yeah, because because Apple's thing is that by allowing these applications, they are being removed. Like Apple is being removed from the curation system. So mm. uh, is is the is the ruling that they have used where Apple can guarantee the quality and everything about what's in the Apple Store. Mm, as much as possible. But if an app like XCloud or Stadia or whatever um, can just push new games to it all the time, then mm-hmm. that is not curated by Apple. And okay. so they have lost control. And so they're, they, they're not a fan of that idea. I think it's also like a family situation, right? Because like if someone were, some kids were to play games that's not fam- family friendly, <laughs> would Apple be responsible for it if? They allowed that to happen. That, that there, there's there's some stuff there, but there was like a, the lawsuit back in the day um, uh, where Apple had to end up paying out to um, parents and stuff around the world because they had uh, allowed children to buy thousands or hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of, of currency and stuff like that. But that's a stupid though. That's looks like you know your kids store your credit card and go buy some yeah. Target. It's not Target's fault for that. Yeah, it, it it it's it's a little it's a little rough there. But yeah, we overall though, we are going to see the proliferation of gaming streaming services, games as a service, um uh and uh and game subscriptions. Like right now is is there a better deal in gaming than the game like the Xbox subscription where it's like I instead of paying $70 all the time or $60, um I just continue to make money. Uh, so I mean, is it I harder for the developer part then? Because are they making money from this? So that's that's where we're going to start seeing stuff um, and start. I'm I'm very curious what's going to happen because I think a lot of this is being funded by they need to get a huge user base to be able to pay out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and and all the game companies have to sign on to be willing to do this. It's not just like you will we'll take your game and throw it on. Like if mm-hmm. someone co- is is tries to put one of Riot's games on one of their services. There'd be a long negotiation process. Mm-hmm. There'd be they'd need to talk to us. We need to work with them. Anything like that. Um, but like what we're gonna see is um, like how much like is a game worth? Um, I'm a big proponent that games should be more expensive than they currently are. Like the fact that what how long has it has a game been sixty dollars? Like long feels like time. forever. It feels Dude, I, like yeah, I feel like games should be years. more expensive. I feel yeah. like it should be, especially of how many hours you, hours you spend exactly. on it. Yeah, like even Mulan's coming out for thirty bucks. 
you can watch it like let's say the movie is three hours max it's yes. not gonna be three hours but you know, let's say let's say four hours there's no way it's gonna be four hours but let's say four hours with bonus feature whatever four hours and you can watch it twice eight hours you yeah. can play games way more than eight hours you can exactly. do that in one day and do it for at least a week exactly and and like i'm, I'm gonna steal from other things where it's like you're going to a movie theater for an hour and a half, two hours, and you're paying them what, like fourteen dollars, like mm-hmm. and you don't or even whatever. Own it. Yeah, you don't even own it or anything like that. Um, I, I, and the like the fees that are coming out of things, and the fact that like it made sense to me where the prices were previously because mm-hmm. uh, there was not a like building a game did not require like a triple A game did not require hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, in some cases. But mm-hmm. we're to do games to build a, a massive, massive like tentpole like Fallout or uh, Valorant or um, COD or any any massive, massive game worldwide. You're talking about huge teams of hundreds of people who are working on it, mm-hmm. and the profit margins just keep dropping um, mm-hmm. on on how you do that. And it's like, well, do you want to like so like people are having to make cuts elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I, DLC, I, I yeah, deal. It is also, yeah, it's also forcing um, different monetization things because while gamers are and people are against the games being seventy, eighty, ninety dollars, they're still sinking in an extra thirty-five, forty dollars um, in DLC costs or monetization costs. Like I, 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 I don't want to speak for every game developer, but I think most game devs and industry people would be like. Hey, if I can charge you a game like for a hundred dollars and you get everything mm-hmm. free for the next two to three, like two years, like that sounds awesome. So let's do that. But there's no incentive for a developer to give you more after you buy the game. Then, you know, the, the, the it. I I would say that that's true. That there's not a huge incentive to do it after, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. That. How should they incentive to get more people free. to buy the game? So the people yeah. haven't bought it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the pre- the preface statement, the preface thing before that is, hey, we didn't have to offset and do things um in the future. Um, we didn't have to wait to be able to do this. We could just do it all at once. You get the whole game. Um, at once. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. The, I mean, the problem is also it's easier to get a mass amount of user. With yeah. a much lower entry cost, the yeah. barrier much lower. Mm. I mean, you work at Riot. Riot is a, uh, League of Legends is one of the most well-known game in the world, top mm. three uh, on Twitch for almost at all time, if not top one for the longest time uh, for people streaming because it's such a amazingly built game and uh, it's free. So entry. I don't know. People complain a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what people do, right? Yeah. But that's the thing, like. It's, it's hard to convince company not to follow that model, especially we've proven how successful it is, yeah. to go for a model where it's like, all right, we'll charge people more money. Hopefully, they'll like our game and then hopefully we'll make more money. But it doesn't doesn't really work that way. It's it's true. It, and uh, Tim Tim in, in chat also disagrees that like a lot of this would work because of the um the like the fact that parents will have sticker shock when they see a hundred dollars or whatever and and that it's true like when you see these expensive things um you're you're gonna you're gonna have sticker shock but mm. we do someday as an industry need to come by back to if we're going to complain about uh monetization like mtx 
or um, uh, DLC or anything like that, then like if if you if you have to choose one or the other, where it's like maybe mm-hmm. maybe companies offer this or this, um, and and with and with with Riot, like one of the things that I like that people I feel like ignore is that Riot is a content machine. Like mm. we like the thing that honestly is most impressive overall for anything that Riot does. And I am just astounded every time we do it is that every two weeks and every and I think it's almost every all of our games, there is new content for you. It may mm-hmm. be just something small as like, hey, there's this new skin or whatever. But there is all it's a changing thing. So if you take someone who hasn't played League for, I don't know, like a month and a half, they come back and they're like, whoa, what is this new skin line or Oh, they completely rebalanced how this worked, or it's it, it's a truly living system, and 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 it grows with the ecosystem around it. So mm. it's 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 tough there for me to 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 talk about because it is like, and and there's not a direct cost. Like there are mm. millions and millions and millions of, of players worldwide who never give Riot a dime, mm-hmm. but they are like so we. But the people who do. They they're really engaged and they they love what we do. We're a content machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's the same as me as a content creator for anything that I make, like on the internet. I everything I post on Instagram is free. Nobody paying me to post on Instagram. So I I mean I guess it, it makes sense for people like maybe eventually you will get those people who's like, oh, I've been playing this game for like three years. Yeah. I haven't spent a penny. I don't mind spending a few bucks this time, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 I'll I'll say that most game dev and like the philosophies around monetization in games is it has been like if you play if someone plays your game longer they're gonna monetize the longer you have them playing the more likely they're gonna monetize and so people have started to build psychologically systems in that brings you back keeps you involved um some people do it really bad well some people do it really badly and are very predatory like i'm very much not a fan of like the mobile um, app thing where it's like come back every day and you get a reward mm. and it's like well I'm just gonna like I'm not sure how effective that is because I'm just gonna turn it on and then turn it off every day um, mm. but that that's also a lot of services that's not just gaming that's like the tech industry and software industry in general where mm. if you can get someone to be continuously active in your ecosystem or active with your product they will become a cheerleader they will become more likely to pay for the higher version of it um, mm. like like I'm going to use Netflix as an example. It's like we as my family has been is is a big Netflix family. We love Netflix. We work we do a lot of stuff with them. But it only has taken like Corona and everything for us to really really get into it. And so we've done the upgrades mm. and multiple people can watch things all the time and it's a very big big thing for us. Mm-hmm. So let's say a new developer coming yeah. in um Maybe not even at a scale of Riot, you know, that kind of big games. But would you suggest them to go for the route where it's free to play and then charge for either, you know, cosmetic or like some other stuff? Or would you rather for them like, hey, let's make a game, make it like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, even 80 bucks. Well, that would be a triple A title, so it might be too expensive. So maybe that's about like 30, 40 dollars. Would you suggest them go for that route or the free to play route? Let's say they have. See, so here's the thing, right? The free to play, you have to have investment to go for it first. Yeah. Right. If you don't have that yeah. capability, you don't have that resources, you can't go yeah. for that route. Uh, but let's say yeah. they're both possible. Would you have more preference of one over the other? Sure. Well, let's break down what would need to happen in each one. So if you're going to be a free-to-play game that is supported by uh, monetization, 
like like mm. people monetizing a game. It's like, well, uh, does your game system make sense for that? Does it make sense for people? Uh, and is there a reason that I'd want to make my character look better or anything like like to improve the experience in the game? Um, mm-hmm. No? Okay, don't do that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's probably not going to make you any money. Um, mm. Is this a, a linear system that's going to end at the end? Like where there's a, there's a core ending goal, be it the finishing the story, um, uh, like I have reached level whatever, anything in that system. Then that makes more sense to me as a I'm a single, I pay once. Where it's like mm. I have completed it, so therefore I've gotten my money's worth and, and going on. Um, for most most of the times I, where I see free to play make sense is things that are living games, like games as a service, where mm. there's more stuff happening. I'm continually doing things, um, very much like the League of Legends model. Like um, there's there's a game that I've I've been playing for years, which is called Realm of the Mad God, and mm. one of the reasons I loved it is it runs on literally any device you'd ever want, and <laughs> uh, um, and I it constantly changing. It's like it's this uh, auto generated world where it's it's I can play it over and over and nothing changes. Brutally hard, but I mm. I can if I want to not start from zero again, I can pay a few dollars or whatnot to get to that point, or mm. I can unlock things or or make it easier for me to play the game, play to a certain point. But I'd still between the paid player and the free player. Um, when you hit a certain skill, like a certain tier of the game, there is no mm-hmm. difference. You can't pay to win that game. You can mm-hmm. pay to skip the shitty part of the game, but mm-hmm. you are not. You are not going to win the game because you paid money. Um, okay. And so, so that that's kind of that's kind of where I land. But overall, a lot of this would also go back to the like, how do you monetize, and like, what are the goals of your company? Like, if you're going like, and and how many people are playing, like, and mm-hmm. what percentage of those are going to pay. Um, cause if you're building single player adventures or things that are co-op or anything like that, I would probably do, like, unless you're and you're trying to make money for your company or for your mm-hmm. business, I would go down the, Hey, pay us upfront money. If you're mm-hmm. building something, if you're building something, which there's like, it's evolving and constantly. And the goal is to keep people playing as long as possible and to be this generational thing, then, uh, then I would I would recommend going more for the free to play model. So is there a big difference between like uh, Asian or other regions, Asian, European, uh, North America, or even other regions gamers? Then like is Asia? I feel like again, this is from personal view, uh, especially on mobile. They're much more involved in mobile gaming, but they're also willing to pay for mobile gaming, uh, as in like pay to win that kind of stuff, much more so than they would on in American. I don't know. What's your experience yeah. in it? Uh, that that's that's a huge thing. So uh, I was actually talking about this earlier today, where certain regions around the world, even for Riot's games or for other games, um, are have very different ways of consuming things. Um, a very like to not even get into Asia yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Turkey is a is a huge region for um, League of Legends, for Valorant, for all of our games, and for video games worldwide. But mm-hmm. the thing that drives uh, that we notice and we see constantly with Turkish players more so than anywhere else is their drive for tournaments like they mm. are obsessed with tournaments and running comp comp competitive competition and finding out who the best out of i don't know 40 100 200 people are um mm. or like in their region it's a very cultural like, thing at, huh Gaming yeah culture. and at, at any ranking 
So like uh, I was saying, I, I said this earlier today, something like 30% of the worldwide like tournament traffic that we do, which is meaning people running tournaments nonstop, is mm -hmm. just Turkey. That's and huge. It's, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge percentage. Yeah. Um, and so there, if you go, if you are a Turkish player, you can probably find a tournament starting online that probably has 20 to 30 people playing in it for League of Legends, for Valorant, for whatever, every five minutes. And Jeez. they're just nonstop playing. It's insane to me. Like, I, I, there's no region that does that more. But then you have things like, uh, um, like uh, I'll go with South Korea. South Korea is very big in, in the PC cafe, PC bong uh, culture, mm -hmm. where, like, there's this huge thing of, like, where, like, tracking who what games are the most popular in pc bongs and it's like on the tv and it's uh, news reports being like where where's this game trending and you can mm -hmm. actually become a hugely successful game by like just being in the top five there where it'll just live because people are like oh it's popular i'll, I'll download it or whatever and it's also all these uh companies and, and pc bongs will install the software and have it ready for you to play versus it's sometimes uh -huh. very hard for someone to break in to that mm, space mm, mm. Um, yeah and then Korea is a very big space in the whole going to a pc exactly. we don't have we don't really have that in much in america anymore if we yeah. ever had any yeah uh, it's there's a like, few in, so in korea town, um and mm. i i really enjoy going to them when when i can um it, it was it would the my my favorite moment when i was in korea last year was someone thinking that i would like uh i was uh at a p i was at lowell park which is the riot owned pc cafe that is part of the uh -huh the stadium there for the LCK. I, I, I've always mixed those up. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and when I was, when we were in there, I was there with my coworker um, and uh, they were like, and so when you're playing in Korea, there is a state ID, like your personally identifying number, which basically mm. identifies who you are as a, as a citizen and whatever um, for that country. And to play mm. games in a lot of Asian countries, you have to basically use your real name or it has to be able to tie back oh. to a real person in like your passport equivalent. Is there a reason for that? Um to keep people be, being shitty. Um but also <laughs> to like uh there's there's uh, there's a lot of just like anti addiction things and to make sure that like um people like for there's a big one that is to keep people underage from playing past certain hours. Um or like have Can we implement that in America? I agree. We should do that immediately. Um, I don't want to play with thirteen-year-olds after midnight or something. I don't know. Especially how you're um, telling me that I fucking my mom or something every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get them out of my COD games. Um, yeah. but but like when I was sitting there at the at the desk, they 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 obviously could clearly see, and I did not speak any Korean that I did mm. not belong. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, I uh, I I was sitting there. My buddy was sitting next to me, and we. We, they're like they showed us the desk and uh we already had codes because like we were we were at the riot offices in korea and we had uh asked for codes so we could go play wherever and mm -hmm. uh um we while we were there so so they showed us to our desk and they were they i think she did said something in korea but we did not understand and mm -hmm. uh so we just quickly logged in with the codes we were doing and we're in a game and she comes back like three minutes later and she's like confused how we were able to log in because they mm -hmm. have like visitor things where it's like you're coming from elsewhere you have to wait fill so out. where's the lock-in part is it on the computer system itself or on the game or like where's this uh it can be both it can be both um i think i think more commonly it's on the it's on the when you register your account for that region it has to be 
you have to have provided that information. Once you've registered the account, then then it's fine. Then you're so then you don't let's say League of Legends Korea yeah. region. Like, do you have to register it differently than you would do in NA yes. or? Yes, you would have to provide like when you're registering an account there, you have to provide your government issued ID number or oh. whatever it is. There. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so we were sitting there, and she comes back, and she's like, "Wait, how did you guys log in, or whatever?" <laughs> and 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 we we play. My my coworker uh, David is very good at League. I am very bad at League. Uh, he ended up going like I think he was like eighteen two and something. Like he was he was having a dominant <laughs> game, and uh, the the and I was not having it. I was like I was like two and twelve. I was awful, and I was playing support, so it was even worse. Oh, uh, and she cut like she and like a few other people come back over, and like and like the the manager and and of the place are like, like they 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 ask LCS players, and I was like ah oh, being and then then they look at my screen and they're like no LCS players are my <laughs> and I was like wow uh, yeah yeah I'm not an LCS player judgy much but you're right <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. you, you caused a scene then. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like honestly, like the reason why you normally see um, in that, especially in that place, people who already have the ID codes mm-hmm. and they don't have to log in or have help is because Riot is working with a pro team or something like that that's coming mm-hmm. into play. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And yeah. uh, so, is is there like I know in China there was because I went to a restaurant or I was waiting for a restaurant but I see it on a sign I can send it to you later the two it's like mm-hmm. I forgot which game I don't think it's league but there's a social currency tied to um, being good at video games in other countries like in Asia uh, in China for example you're very good at one game uh, this place I went to they say depends what tier you are diamond plat whatever you get discounts or free drinks or free snack whatever yeah. uh, um, so I went to a place <laughs> in Korea that was uh that was uh it was if you were challenger you ate free um mm. and they had pictures of all the challenger and you they took your picture and put it on the wall and like mm. every but like like so like all the pro players when they come to worlds there where they come they'd be able to eat free or whatever or maybe it was deep discount um and still good because uh, you attract other people come to see oh my god there's a lcs yeah. player here you know yeah and and so that like there's various tiers i think where you got discounts on stuff um which mm-hmm. was cool cool to see um and uh there was a boba place that uh i saw and it was a i I forget what mobile game but it was like if you were in this top rank thing and Mm -hmm. uh the the actual the 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 restaurant had a character in game and if you like friended them or if you like sent them something they take Mm. 10 percent off your bill and i was Mm. like that's awesome i I, like it was like the equivalent of being like and wow being like hey i'll give you uh, a hundred, like an item in, in game, oh, yeah, uh-huh. and you give me ten percent off my Fogo or something. Yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah. do you think that would happen in America, or is our culture will never have that gaming? But with the I pandemic, think- with the pandemic going on, sport, sport ball, sport is not as big as it used to be. I mean, good thing that like uh, NFL, I saw them making a bunch of dead jokes where the whole stadium have no yeah. crowd at all, but they're like, yeah. oh, look at our fans, or like you know. Uh, no popcorn throwing, but there's no one anyway. But <laughs> are we shifting more to whole esport world a little bit more, uh, getting more popular with that? What are we looking at? I I believe that we're seeing a pretty like I believe COVID. We were like, we were already on the way to uh, esports being pretty dominant um, mm-hmm. in the North American and international market about what content is and what people consume. I mm-hmm. think that 
COVID has rapidly moved timelines up, where maybe 2025, it was 10, 20, 30% of the U.S. population at least has watched one esports match in the last month. Um, mm. We're probably, we maybe we moved that to 2023, or maybe it's still farther away than that. Um, but, uh, so I, I, think, I think it's done a great, like, it's done great inroads, and we've seen great viewership. The real question that I have, and I think many people have, is does it stay? Does it stick? Like, mm. if the NFL is on, and it's Sunday night football, and it's going up against uh, the phase Valorant showdown with TSM mm. versus Sentinels, versus, and it has TSM versus Team Liquid in the LCS, and it mm. has um, something else, which one do you turn into? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a T. Like I'm a I, I'm a big Valorant fan, a big, big League of Legends fan, and I'm already like mm-hmm. torn between those. Mm-hmm. But if like say my hometown Atlanta Falcons were playing, and like Casey's a big uh, Patriots fan, but she's also a big LCS and a big Valorant fan, it's like which one do we watch? Do we watch all three at the same time, or do we pick one that we really really enjoy? You need, like a sport um, bar situation where like six TV going on, but yeah, still you exactly. just can't focus on all six. Uh, at some- yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, LCS. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's how do you yeah i'm not sure how does that gonna go because th- here's the thing i feel like the good thing about esports versus traditional sports is that the en- entrance should be pretty easy the only difference is that like you play sports in in school you know you don't play wow you don't play league in school but yeah. you do play basketball soccer or whatever you play in school so that's where you get up you know more mm. exposure to it so that's not one of the huge difference but for anyone to jump on League of Legends pretty fast, it's free to play. You're at home. You click download. Yeah. You install. You can get it done in 15 minutes. Yeah. So, and and we we've we've actually had huge inroads into in not just Riot but all, all games into how do we get kids into gaming earlier and why like mm-hmm. how do we make it almost an alternative instead of playing football you play esports in high school, middle school, etc. There's some great organizations out there, um, Play Versus, EGF, and other things worldwide, um, where they are able to grow. And if you're if you're a high school or college kid, or even middle school in some cases, you can play in COD tournaments, in Valorant tournaments, in or in leagues as well. So you can you can start doing those because like one mm-hmm. of the things that with traditional sports you really get the really um, you we haven't really seen yet is you get to learn this team environment where mm. it's like you, you're practicing, you, like so you have to show up to practice, you work on individual skills you're trying to improve the entire time, and then eventually where like you take those skills and put them into action while working in concert with, I mean, with, 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 with like uh, football with 10 other people. And it's like mm. everybody has their job and they need to do their job, do their job. Mm-hmm. And we need to... T- and, we're getting to the point where we can learn those skills through esports rather than just having to be traditional sports. Is it the hardest part is convincing parents? Because I feel like kids are not that against playing video games. Yeah, it, it, where we are, it's a generational thing. Like that's the part of this is like we are looking at a long thing. Like esports isn't going to take over overnight. Like we're still in the early stages of what the esports industry look like, what the gaming industry looks like. Like I would, I w- honestly would not be surprised that twenty, thirty years from now, uh, gaming is the pre- predominant media form in the entire planet. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised in in twenty years if 
an unesport game or a combination of all esports games make up more than fifty percent of viewing habits worldwide? Um, is there something to make to? Is there a way to make esport more entertaining to watch? Because like for any other traditional sports, you really see a ball moving left and right. And mm -hmm. I know you see a lot of things going on flashy on the screen too when you yeah. watch video games. But the player themselves, they look very stoic. They just know click their keyboard and mouse. Is, is there yeah. something we need to change there to make it more entertaining? Or like, what is easier for people to want to watch it more? So I think that uh, viewing experiences need to change and, and need to be evolved. And some of the stuff is, is already happening where it's more... Uh, interactivity with the like what's going on in the game or interactivity with the viewership experience where it's like a collective thing one thing that gaming has that i and viewing esports that i don't believe traditional sports have is things like twitch chat or watch parties over discord or things like that where it's like mm. i can i can i can watch a game with 40 people that are all across the world and do things Traditional sports are locked down because of things like rights deals and various other things where it's like I might be watching it, but it might be blacked out in my city. So that's some of those things are, are not as possible. Mm -hmm. But the overall, how do I make it more enjoyable to watch? I think that uh, we can learn a lot of lessons from like the fighting game community. They've mm -hmm. done an excellent job um, with like people like and, and not every, every player like this. And there's players in League and there's players in other games where they pop off like you wait for that like. I, 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 I styled on you, I beat you, it's ended, and they pop off and they get in each other's faces being like, I did it, I did it, I did it, I'm better than mm -hmm. you. Like, come at me. Um, mm -hmm. We actually had a, a moment, uh, I don't know if you saw, after the phase um, tournament, which was Val uh, Valorant tournament, which was TSM versus uh, the Sentinels. There was mm -hmm. an interview about five minutes after the game ended. It was one of the best games we've seen in professional Valorant. The, they interviewed the TSM player, and the TSM player said, I really don't like the other team. Like, I, like, specifically <laughs> called out one player on the other team being, like, he, 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 it was, like, real animosity. And huh. I was, like, I'm in. I was already, <laughs> I, already, I was already into this rivalry, but now I'm in because it's actually, like, they don't like each other. Tell me more. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think a lot of teams need more uh, PR training. Um, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, showmanship or, like, whatever. It's like, because, for example, like, Two years ago, I was watching Overwatch, right? And I was watching it live, so it's already as exciting as fancy as it can be. I was watching it at BlizzCon, watching the Overwatch tournament, and then you can see I'm already getting hyped up by the crowd, but it still doesn't give me as much hype I feel like I'm watching somewhere else, like as other traditional sports, especially in the post-interview. Mm -hmm. uh, especially a lot of the Asian players, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they always answer in a very short form and not really expressive. We're different yeah. than American, you know. Uh, I think it's a very cultural thing. But like, for example, they will win the game and it's like, what do you think about the game? They're like, good. We won. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, can you tell me more? Like, I feel so bad because my, the person that was asking them the question, the host, uh, was one of my friends. It's one of my friends and she, we went to uh, college together, actually. So mm -hmm. it's great to see how our world kind of interlap after, yeah. you know, after everything happened. But it's just like, Wow, cool. It's like, but I feel bad for her because they're not giving her any answer that was good for the show, you know? Yeah, and and I I think that in general the gaming industry as a whole needs more PR firms and more people working in PR, um, mm. like specifically working with teams and organizations. Like, um, a lot of people like I I, but you have to back it up. Where it's like you talk, you need to if you if you want to talk shit 
back it up. Um, mm-hmm. you, you like, and that that that's part of the reason I think a lot of people hold back is because um, you don't like it can change every day. There we're not in an industry where someone is so supernaturally like physically gifted that mm-hmm. they can just one v five someone dominate. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like it's it's the games are designed to to prevent that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so you could lose every time, every, every other day, like in mm-hmm. football, it's like the every given Sunday. It's the same thing. I believe in esports, where, Hey, mm-hmm. you could have a bad day. Your equipment might fail. Something might fail. And so a lot of people are not willing to put their pride on the line and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I have a massive respect for those who do and who are willing to give the can like the talk to people, like the TSM players calling out the other team or talking about these things those things really drive eyeballs in my opinion um and get people involved like i, I feel don't like think it should be more like a um beer pong kind of situation yes like yeah you talk shit about other but we don't take it too seriously but yeah. at least it kind of get the yeah. environment kind of and, you know, and i think the lcs has gone to that point where like we got we got some people out there who are doing things uh and like hyping each other up and being involved like uh i love the uh the golden glue memes or the the tanner times <laughs> And like mm-hmm. uh, double if Scott is like everybody else's trash and various things like that. Like even like I, I, I forget was a Honda did a commercial with him and it's like he mm-hmm. actually like had a trash can and threw everybody away. And it's mm-hmm. like I love those things. And I wouldn't I'd say League of Legends esports, at least in North America, it would not be as large as it is without mm-hmm. like the actual rivalry where they didn't like each other between mm-hmm. CLG and TSM back in the day like mm-hmm. that would like that was real like they didn't like each other um mm-hmm. and the controversy and fans on each side yeah 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 um and and one thing that we're we're dealing with in the esport industry as a whole and just like as as it grows is are you a fan of a team or are you a fan of a player um so here's and, the thing right that's my problem with sports all the time too yeah. uh i feel like overwatch did a smart thing where we where they make it very regional based mm-hmm. i mean of course like League still have kind of regional base, you know, but it's more a country or like even continents base. But I feel like in um, Overwatch, what they did smart was that they pick up from traditional sports where it's like, oh, I might not care about SF Shock as a team Overwatch, but I care about San Francisco because I either live there or I was from there. It's like, yeah, I'm going to root for my team regardless because I care for them or not. Yeah. So so team no. pride, I seem like it's very important. I, and I, I get that a lot. And that's that's something that I think teams need to do a lot better job of is like, how do you build your brand? How do you build your fandom around that? Like, I think 100 Thieves has done a great job with that. I think TSM's done that great job with that. Recently, FlyQuest has done a great job with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Liquid does a great job with that, where you're, you're, friend, you're, you're a fan of those teams. Like, Liquid even announced, I believe today, it's something called Liquid Plus, which is basically a rewards program where you get to earn stuff for being a fan of Team Liquid. And I'm like, that type mm, of stuff is smart. incredible, and I want more of that. Where yes. it's like, you're invested in the brand of Team Liquid, not the individual players. And I think that's honestly a thing that will have to eventually happen. Where it's like, sure, I'm a, I'm a, big, I'm a big player A fan, and when they move around teams, I support those teams because I, I support them. But moving to a model where it's like, I don't care who's on the team, I'm a supporting that team. Um, but how that, can you that's, trust that's a, a team to make the good decision that, like, because, again, players change, coach change, management change. Yeah. How do you make people loyal to a team that has so easy changes where the people who are mainly are the people affecting the games? 
it 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 comes from winning uh, is my opinion and i think that's something that's missed a lot is like being winning in a culture that aligns with you where it's like it's uh have you ever you've you heard of like the 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 ninja turtle thing where it's like every, the ninja turtles you you pick was the one that represents you mm, mm-hmm. yeah where it's like it's the it's the four the it's the the four or i think it's the four ids or four whatever where that uh um that uh i forget who it was it was a self-associate of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like these various things, and so you'll you'll see that with esports teams, where certain ones are going certain cultures, and certain ones are going different cultures, and you're starting mm-hmm. to see people align themselves with those cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and and players and being a fan of a player can be an a- excellent entry point into being a fan of that team. Mm-hmm. But the end goal for the teams, while they're elevating those players, is it is the brand, it's the mm-hmm. shield, like like in in gotcha. In soccer, it's a big thing where it's like you play for the shield, and mm-hmm. so like celebrations a lot of the time are them taking the shield and and kissing it or whatever, mm-hmm. or pointing to it after they do a big thing. It's like I do it for this. This is mm-hmm. what's most important, not me. Okay. And we haven't gotten to that point in gaming, and I'm curious. I'm curious when we do. Um, I think that's very very powerful. Um, but I also know even in my own household with Casey and a lot of people who um change their fandoms based on or don't have as much fandom for an organization because a team a player left like mm-hmm. i know casey got into league of legends because she was like friends with some players or uh saw individual players uh play and were like hey that, that i like their 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 personality and when they left those teams or retired she didn't have a loyalty to any team anymore <laughs> um yeah. and 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 the whole like teams make mistakes and whatever you like it, we, there's actually quite a bit of research that's been done that that engagement for like professional sports teams does even better um, uh, when the team is not doing good. Where people mm-hmm. want to get in on that ground floor, and like, sure, if you just want a championship, people, there's even better engagement. But people are really involved at that low level because they want to see you because they think that there's a possibility of being this massive team. An underdog, kind of feel. Yeah, but like you have to actually have the ability to possibly execute on that. Like you're mm. not going to get that underdog feeling with a team That's that like, not nothing's at all. going wrong. Nothing's mm. going right. Um, but like, like, uh, uh, the, to really go into soccer, Leicester city, um, is, uh, was a, is a soccer team in, mm. uh, the premier league in Europe. They, a few years ago were, they had never even sniffed a championship. And they were not on paper anywhere near where they're in like talent level, nothing. But <laughs> they ran off a record like lucky goals, amazing wonder goals. Everything just didn't lose games. And mm. they are, I believe it was a 2000 to one um, shot for them to win the league. And they <laughs> won it. And some people made a lot of money um, on that. But it was like they note they like. 20 years straight, they would have not been able to do that. 30 years straight, 100 years, like nobody would have ever uh-huh. predicted them doing that. And so, but so that they're, they're but they're, it was still possible and people were still willing to bet that it was. And uh-huh. one thing I really want to see people do and teams do is how do I associate the success of a team or the team's mm-hmm. brand with myself? Um, team pride. Where, yeah. Like, how do I go? How do we get like uh, the Nike Adidas thing where it's like checks over stripes? Or stripes mm. over checks. Um, or like I personal thing that I hate is if you're wearing Adidas and you mix it with Nike 
or if you're wearing Nike and you mix it with Adidas. Like I, uh-huh. I call out friends all the time who are wearing like Adidas shirts but Nike shoes, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, and like, like I see people in the esports industry being like wearing a Cloud Nine shirt and TSM like uh, joggers, and I'm like, uh-huh. what? No, you got to be loyal to your team. You can pick one or the other, but exactly. you cannot be have both. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, have you either yeah. one? Yeah, and sure, if you if you want a second team, pick something international or pick mm. something in a different league. Yeah. And so as you said, like like for example, FlyQuest doing good points. Like they're having like an idea what their team is about, or like what yeah. is the direction they're going, what is their like you know kind of like statements of their team. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, more more team has to be better that than just another team that has a name and that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like with FlyQuest, I know what they're about now. I know what their culture. I know what they what they're stand talking for. about. What they mm-hmm. stand for. Like what what their wins go to. Like there's an extra strength for me for to understanding anything that happens in their games because I know it means more money for conservation. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Like yeah. I want to see. Are they going to have to donate more t- trees, or are they going to have to uh, donate more money to fisheries and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. So. Earlier, we were talking about um, like people being fun, not toxic, but like a fun kind of a banter kind of system, right? However, my question now is like, uh, that's because I experience this a lot when I play video games and I, I suck at it. And it's not just League, but League, of course, is one of the main ones that I play. Um, people are being toxic, but as a game, as a company, is it ideal for them to have harsh punishments on players who are toxic or is not think they should care about because let's say they are toxic and then you either give them a five minutes ban 10 minute 10 day five days whatever the punishment is if it's too much then they might not play the game at all and they might hate it and you're gonna lose the player base use your mm. acquisition uh but if you don't ban them you're gonna leave people who have a sour taste in playing that video game where is that balance and how should company take care of that so so this is a tough one and honestly i'm probably not the best person to talk about this but I I personally like a bit of trash talk. Like I like mm-hmm. a, a bit of like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna beat you or GGEZ. Like I don't mind the GGEZs or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Or like like BMing a bit or like. And we've added features into the game where you can flash emotes and like if I get mm-hmm. a big play and you or you miss like an engage on me, I am absolutely flashing the B crying emote, being like, oh no, you missed. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, or like outplayed or anything like that. But it does like it. There's a line, and I don't think it's clear what that line is for everybody. Where mm-hmm. and I think some of this goes back to uh, a lot of um, anonymity, where it's like, hey, I don't know what that person is on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. That that's a big issue. Like a thing about that. Like uh, I'll, I'll say that like with. Uh, so Clash is a tournament system or any of the tournament systems that you can play for League of Legends. If you're if you're playing in a tournament with some other people, mm-hmm. you are going to see less toxicity than anywhere else. Because when I'm playing solo queue, I'm most of the time being placed with four people that I don't know and I have no relationship to. Yeah. Against five people I don't know or don't care about. Mm-hmm. And and it's like if anything bad happens, it's just like, oh yeah, my I, I went down or whatever and there's no like like there's a lot there's not a lot of people who are like i let the team down it's like no my like i let myself down or i there's got no lingering effects you might never yeah. see them again you know 
Yeah, and so so it's a lack of like understanding you're fighting as a team or like mm-hmm. you are a team. So, but we see this with like things like tournaments or clash where much much less levels of toxicity because you are with a group of five of your friends um Mm -hmm. or people or at least people you know and it's like if you're toxic you're not playing in this tournament anymore or Mm -hmm. you're you don't have a five-man crew to to play in tournaments and you don't want to be super toxic to i don't know joe from down the street or uh like or or sally who uh is your awesome top laner she's gonna be like nah i'm gonna go play this other team because you're Mm -hmm. toxic um and so we see much 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 less because it is you're building this team and it is you're actually playing as a as a team there um Mm -hmm. and so those are the things that i i think people and teams and companies out there need to start doing is like how do we refactor people's psychology from being like it's me versus it's a team and i need to work together and if the team fails it's all of us not just that person who uh, who like went zero and ten. Okay, okay. I, I feel like that's the problem with a lot of games, right? Because it is even Fortnite. I'm sure people see a lot. Fortnite is easier because it is you against the world. Yeah. Unless you play three man team, but <laughs> uh, it, but the rest is easier. But yeah, it's kind of hard. Hard first of all, it's deciding what is considered actually bad toxic, yeah. and also it's hard for a company to decide like, should we remove that? Should we keep it? Because if I, you do it too harshly, it's going to be tough too. Yeah, I I've actually been had um, I've had an amazing experience playing a bunch of COD Warzone because mm. like some days I am very good at the game, some days I'm very bad at the game. But when I win a game with a with the squad, it is it is it is all of us did something, Feels and uh, and so it is all of our works together. And even like there are there like there are people have posted screenshots of playing with me. Where I had zero kills, zero downs, basically zero damage, but we still won. But like in those games, I made sure that everybody had ammo, or I was the bait, and it would like they the positioning would not have worked without me being there. And it's like we win as a team. Like mm-hmm. we don't we don't see players in esports being like, oh no, I went zero and four when my team won. It's like I went zero and four, but we won. So the win's what matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think like P uh, players, especially pro-, pro players, having a good relationship outside the gaming, like it is a very important part of you know being a, a good team. Uh, yes. Especially like you know people might. I, I know there's already like starting to bring more documentation of how people are like outside the game. Is it better treated as, as a work or is it is it hard to struggle between it's work versus yeah. life or it's better to make it a life us work? Like where where is that? What's your view on that? I I I think that uh, teams need to do a much better job about building camaraderie. Like you don't have to. Like there are there are organizations out there that can absolutely work where it's like I show up, this is work, let's finish work, and I, I go home. But I think that uh, especially if you are a younger team or a team that's going in there, it is it is definitely a model where you need someone to make this a family and to build things that are going to keep you together. And this is something you see a lot of startups where like you're Mm -hmm. grinding, you're working hard, you're, you work hard, you play hard and you play together because it's like the people who are there for you are the people you're working with. And the people Mm -hmm. who are like, you have their back, you have, I have your back and you know, that trust is there. Um, So honestly, I'd I'd love to see more people, more people in the industry doing things other than just like going out and drinking or partying or whatever. I think that there's definitely things out there where it's like, 
like there's a uh, there's actually a great amount of people in the in the in the gaming space who do rock climbing, golf oh, is taken off, tennis is thing. Yeah, all these team building things I think should be done pretty regularly and it'll help like and and we're also getting to a world where uh players are not judged as much by their individual performance but what the team's performance is. Where mm. like there there were early days and there still is on some teams where oh this person is consistently going like not not doing amazing but the team is winning so why then mm. they're like well if we replace them it'll be different it's like no you're winning because all the attention is to stop them from being very good and it's like <laughs> keep working with that or something like that but like there, there, there's mm-hmm. things out there that, that are different there um so it's, it's going to be interesting to see there i do think that camaraderie is something that the industry struggles with in general um mm. because it is disconnected being on the internet sometimes like yeah. and how- it go back to also what you said about team pride you know having yeah. pride that would also build people's like oh i can associate with those pro player because they're like yeah. a family and i want to be part of that family as well and, and i will say a lot of league of legends teams and a lot of pro teams is very well where after the lcs or after pro league or anything like that they go and do a team dinner afterwards um, i always do that uh, regardless <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win or lose, but uh, but like doing that type of stuff and and learning those lessons is huge. Um, a lot of people this week actually were really upset that uh, Activision Blizzard hired the former deputy commissioner of Major League Baseball to come lead their esports initiatives and some other things. In addition, like I think people forgot about the other stuff, honestly. But I and they're like another another case of bringing someone who's not in the industry into the industry. And I'm like, I understand that where it's like, let's hire and promote from the esports industry. But Mm -hmm. I also believe that there's a lot of stuff we can learn from traditional sports, not like like how do like how do we run sports? How do we do these things? I think that's not the model. But I mean, how do we create an identity where a, like a, a fan identifies with this league and it's they're a fan of that league and that league alone or they're a fan of that team and that team alone or um uh how do we like bring in agents from traditional sports where it's like hey you're doing what with this let's let's work on our our agent let's let's work with an agent who's still done things with other companies and games over the or other other sports over the years or how can we bring in uh, relationships and systems and like team building exercises that have happened over here in in basketball greg popovich is famous for mm-hmm. if you are eating at the same if you if a, one of his players ends up eating at the same restaurant greg popovich is at you are not paying for your meal greg popovich is doing <laughs> and it's it becomes such a thing that like the players would uh like bribe the valets or whatever around town to tell them where greg was <laughs> So that they'd show up and eat there. And it was another thing that, like, like I'm sure Greg's like, oh, I'm paying this money. But at the same time, back in the day, he's like, they're scheming together. And that's building stuff. Um, <laughs> and and stuff like that. Like, I want, like, where are the prank wars? Like, uh, in traditional sports, and like in baseball, there's these great pranks with the rookies and stuff. And we don't really see that stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of good fun. Like, my favorite, like, one of my favorite baseball, like, images is uh, one of my favorite players when he was a rookie the the vets were messing with him and they put gum on the bottom of those like Gatorade cups and put it on top of his helmet and it stuck and he <laughs> walked around the dugout for a good 20 minutes 
and people were dying. And then people started start st- they started stacking more and more cups because he couldn't feel it. And it was mm. it was an amazing thing. And it was like, oh, and then they when he found out, he's like, oh, 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 bashful. But they bonded over that, and now and they keep that up. It's not hazing. It's not anything demeaning. It mm. is, hey, you're one of us. Like we're 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 ribbing you. Mm-hmm. We need yeah. we definitely need more of that. Uh, you also did mention about like how startups need more of this. And uh, of course, I don't want to keep for too long. But we were talking yeah. about this before the show. Is that speaking of startup? Right before this stream too, like our Martin Wong chat, we were doing, I was playing Fall Guys. They were mm. technically a startup, right? I didn't look yeah. very into them. They have like one other games, uh, one other game, one. Um, and I don't know how big they are. They did get picked up by Devolver. But how did Fall Guys become such a big game in such a short period of time? And is it going to last? Uh, will it last? Uh. That's not one. Uh, so so I, I can start with the beginning. Um, they nailed a concept. Um, they looked at the industry and were looking. So I don't, I don't know if you're very active on Twitch there, or even remotely active on Twitch, or even if you're a child. There's these thing, this thing called Marble Run, which is basically yes. you take a marble, you put it at the top of this course, and it, or you put, you take like a hundred marbles, you put it at the top of the course, and you see which one gets down to the end. On mm-hmm. Twitch and other places, you can name each marble, or like results are on those. And what a lot of the streamers do, and people on Twitch do, is they let their viewers name a marble after themselves, and then a viewer wins uh, if they're the first one down to the end. I got a few rave from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're not. There's not a lot of player agency. There's not a much that, as a player in that, I can control. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they uh, they were able to identify uh, that the and and then there's the things like the I want to do things online. I want to be involved with a large group of people battle royale stuff or just like competitive gaming and they were able to basically marry those two concepts where it's like i am basically doing marble run plus some mario party or wario mini games um Mm -hmm. as a competitive thing so it scratches this itch for a lot of people where it's like i'm against everybody else but it's also like oh i'm not good at this one thing but i'm good at these other things and it's like it's this great way of of uh of of keeping going around uh, like this thing, will it continue? Mm. I I actually have pretty high hopes for them. I don't think we're we're going to see uh, front page of Reddit uh, of, of Reddit or front page of Twitch um, forever. Like I don't think we're going to see hundreds of thousands of people watching it on a daily basis. But do I think that they'll probably re- end up around like as one of the top ten, top twenty games on Twitch for the foreseeable foreseeable future? Yes. Um, I am very excited. They've announced some of their plans where they're going to do like custom lobbies where you can do 60 of your closest friends or viewers awesome. or whatever and mm-hmm. all go against each other. Um, I want them to add uh, DLC or just or just keep the monetization systems they have and mm-hmm. uh, add new games into it where it's like I want new maps um, and then I want uh, I would love to see a level creator where I can build out my own. Oh, that's going to be hard, but yeah. yeah. But like, I'd love to see that stuff. Um, I think that they were a little bit caught off guard. Like the success. They are, was, definitely. The server yeah. couldn't handle it, but like, I I do not blame them. So anytime that's, there's something wrong with the server or like yeah. things going wrong, it's like, they're, they're just, you know, they didn't expect oh. this to happen, you know? As, as being in the industry, I have so much patience for anything <laughs> going down. I feel so bad. I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like for example, uh, we discovered that uh, 
our our team at works uh game hours so we'd spend like an hour like once or twice a week playing games with each other for team building and mm-hmm. we discovered that one of the hours was scheduled during the uh like halfway through it was the uh the server switch like switch or update mm-hmm. for the game mm-hmm. and we were we felt so we were like we were complaining it was like oh we can't play this game because it keeps going down and it's like let's just move our time slot for when we do our game time like yeah. we, like if this was us we would feel bad if someone was making fun of us or being complaining about it as well <laughs> Um, but no, I, I think they have a very bright future. Um, cult, like they, like they, they're doing some great stuff with partnerships where they're, have you seen their Twitter? Yeah. Their Twitter is being, is excellent. <sighs> they're soliciting hmm. a lot of stuff from other people to be able to build content in it. And I hope like they, it seems like they have preliminary partnerships with like a bunch of different things like the Witcher, CD project red, KFC gaming, all different things like that. What I am excited and hopeful to see is that those actually happen. Um, mm-hmm. And those continue, and that that does get released. Um, uh, I I I believe that that comp- that Fall Guys should not rapidly expand or rapidly hire. They should like figure out, like take their time and figure out what they have before mm-hmm. they do it more. They probably have plans. They probably have like like Pie in the Sky. If this is the best game ever, this is what it should be. Um, mm-hmm. But like they they probably have ideas of where they want to go, and I'm excited for them. I just I wish them. Like right now, I assume that it's a lot of make sure everything is continuing to stay online, mm-hmm. um, and that that's that's incredibly important. Um, uh, but I I think I think they have they they have a a generational success opportunity here where they could turn this into something that everybody has on their computer for the next ten years, like a Jackbox style thing. And where... the crazy thing is that like. Compared to many games, it's not like a game that require a lot of graphics or like crazy mechanism. Well, it's, yeah, and I feel like a lot of game developers like I spent you know years making a game with all this complex system with you know rook like kind of environments or a procedural generated map, and still like no one pick up. But this is just a yeah very simple silly I, fun game. I I I love it because. It is something that I can play with people who are not traditional gamers or like anything mm-hmm. like that. Like Casey and I enjoy very, very different type of games, um, but we're both good at like there's not there's not really being bad at Fall Guys. It's just being unlucky <laughs> or or not pressing the button or not having awareness. Like mm-hmm. um, so I I'm I, I love the game because it's it's there's very rare games that I can play with certain people because it's like we have very different things like playing a shooter. And, like, I'm, and like, playing Valorant with Martin, uh, I, I get tilted because I'm just like, why are you looking at the floor? <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I'm playing League with him, he's like, Gene, why are you walking into a wall? Um, um, but but good... yeah. And also fast turn around too. Like, you know, if yeah. it's a bad game, you know, cool. No worries. We're done yeah. in five minutes. We're going to try another one. Yeah. I, I foresee a, a future where they are a live service game where there's more maps coming out there's more packs maybe every quarter um or even every month there's at least one game added um to the system and do mobile uh i i'd be they'd be i'd be shocked if they don't um i the the game is built on uh unity so Mm. it should be a pretty quick um uh system for them to port it over um depending how they built it like if like to be fair there are unity games that were built very customized and like they ripped it apart to be able to do various things so it'll make it would make mm. it hard for them to 
uh, um, to do much. But uh, uh, I think it's probably simplistic. I would not be surprised if Unity is throwing money at them, being like, bring it to mobile, show off the Unity engine. You're Even if they build from scratch, it's not yeah. that difficult of a game yeah. to build. So, yeah. 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 Good for them. Good for them. Oh, yeah. anyway, this has been great. I know I always love to pick your brain on random <laughs> stuff as well. Anything you want to add before, you know, I send you away? Um, uh... You, everybody should build things. Uh, uh, don't be afraid to build stuff in life. Don't be afraid to build uh, and, and to work on stuff. Um, I think that What's a lot of passion people... Other than working on rides right now. Your... Like, my passion is, is, is experimentation. Um, is, is taking advantage <laughs> of like, things that are out there and trying to work on them. Um, mm. uh, I am a huge proponent of like break things. See what... Mm. Or breaking and fixing things and i think that a lot of people corona has helped uh, like has 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 caused us a little bit more where people are are kind of not getting out and doing a lot of stuff or not experimenting or changing things um mm. because they're they're kind of stuck inside but i think that's the perfect time to do stuff where mm. it's like hey i want to build a company well go let's go watch some pitch contests let's go watch some youtube let's like listen to podcasts let's do all this stuff or I want to get in better shape. It's like go running, um, or work out at home, or resistance bands, or anything like that. Or I think I'm in the best shape ever since coronavirus yeah. because I yeah. just stuck we, home and, and tried. And out. it's it's like all this constant break, fix, improve is kind of my mentality um, mm. on a lot of stuff, and that's that's work and outside where it's like we'll have systems in place at work where it's like it's been working for five years, and I'm like, cool, let's break it and see how we can make it better. <laughs> or like, if, or or honestly, because a lot of times systems like, and you'll you'll get this as for as an engineer, like mm -hmm. you'll build things, and then people have built things on top of that that you have no idea that they're built on top of that framework you built. So mm -hmm. there, there is occasionally like where I'm like working on open source things or things I've open sourced or even internal things where I'll be like, let's turn this off and see what else breaks around it. And mm. it's like it's almost like that old school tracing the wire that hooked up between two different things, being like. What does this wire actually do? Um, uh -huh. And and you can you can improve and learn so so many different things. You can make something more efficient too. Maybe there's exactly. like you realize I don't need this at all, or I can replace exactly. it with an automatic system. Yeah. Refactor yeah. refactor your code. Refactor yourself. Mm -hmm. No, we can. Yeah, exactly. You can do like real recording of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm working on that, but it's hard during coronavirus. I'm working on it though, but it's yeah. good because you can have excuses and reason for not working with some people, but do work with yeah. some other people and improve yeah. on that. Like that's like, a like one a, silver lining. A big thing I I started to learn during uh, coronavirus um, is doing more video content like this. Um, mm -hmm. I invested in a mic, some lighting. I set up like a backdrop type thing. What is that behind you, by the way? Oh, that... this is a this is a t-shirt blanket uh um that's hooked up to a curtain rod um mm. this is t-shirts from uh events that i either ran or won uh their hackathons at over the years um mm. it's, uh, uh and it's 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 it was just like a nice little buffer um something to hang something that nice and i i'm a big fan of it but uh like learning learning new skills where it's like i still don't understand lighting um as you can probably see half my face is probably very dark half is doing whatever it's i'm fun. learning these it's things great. but uh, but and like now we're doing um i'm doing a show for riot every two weeks where we're doing developer happy hour not happy hour 
that's a good idea. I'll steal that. It can't Developer be. <laughs> office hours, um, where we're answering questions from developers. Mm-hmm. We're talking about our philosophy around development. How do we build things? And it, it's it's been one of those things where I'm getting out of my comfort zone because, uh, like, I I don't ever foresee myself being a full time Twitch streamer or anything like that. But mm-hmm. understanding how content creation works and what like the process and everything else involved has given me a new taste of like what is possible and where I can go as channels, like social channels, to talk to people I need to talk to and to work with people and to expand my my purview of what I do. Do you build relationship with developers the same way that our gaming company build community with their fans or with their gamers and stuff like that? Because, you know, for example, League of Legends, Riot, Blizzard, a lot of big gaming company do a very good job in community building. Uh, I haven't heard it about on the developer side. Is that something that you feel like it's it, companies should work on as well? I definitely. I think more dev, com- more companies should have AP- gaming companies specifically should have APIs and dev communities. I think that they are a massive force multiplier that game companies do not acknowledge enough. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that Riot is where it is, um, and League of Legends is as successful game as as it is without people being able to look up their stats, being engaged, developing things, and 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 working around it. Um, we value that ecosystem incredibly. And I think that, like, Blizzard, like, I've talked to a bunch of people over at WoW, the WoW team in the past where they were not huge fans of the fact, uh, especially the game designers, about how much people built around it and basically solved the game. With the um, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where, but at the same time, I don't know if the game is successful without those tools. And so mm. it's like one of those chicken and the egg things. It's like, I like, sure, it told me how to like this, this add on tells me how to complete this quest. But I don't know mm. if I, if I'm comfortable or like, I never got into EverQuest, but I got into WoW because it was more accessible. And, mm. and, and that, that balancing is, is hard. And we work on that a lot too, where we have a lot of developers and companies who are like, I want to build something for lower TFT, Valorant league, et cetera. And we're like, we're not comfortable about that on the game design side, because that removes the player's agency and choice. So mm. we avoid those types of things. Um, and we work with companies, but like how it works generally is like, we have this very large ecosystem where there's like, we work with individual developers. We work with groups of developers. We work with people who are pitching us things they want to build or and are being represented by VCs. We have startups who are already like founded and they're like, yes, we want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we work with all scale, all scale of things. Wait, uh, sorry, then I have a question. <laughs> sorry, I'm still yeah. keeping you. But if they come up with a good like software or add-on plugin, whatever, and then I guess they have to go to write to ask them if they can build it. And then do rights like approve it, but then do what about the funding? Like, what what does rights play involve or any gaming company, of course, in general? How yeah. does that work? So, so this, this, it's different per per company. Um, for us, it's it's we basically operate as an almost like a marketplace around Riot, where people can build whatever they want as long mm-hmm. as it follows certain policies. Like, do not change no player cheating. behavior, do not cheat, do not whatever. And we're more of a hammer than like any than than a glove a lot of the time. Where it's mm. like, hey, we're going to come down and stop people from doing things that are being bad for players. Um, mm. But really, the process is, hey, I have this idea, and to do this idea, I need data from Riot to do it. So I need to, like, I need to know match history. I need to know these various things, and so they'll apply to us or to any game company. This is also how that works. They'd apply and be like, this is my use case. This is what I want to do, and then mm. we, would, we would take a look at it and be like, yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. That sounds awesome. 
um, or it's like, I want to experiment or anything. It's like, yeah, here, here's, here's limited access. And then mm -hmm. it's gated at that point by how much like we can provide more and more API traffic, more access, more help, more services based on like how good the idea is. Is it helping people? Is it valuable? And our own, our own perspectives on that. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing that I kind of want to see, and then maybe you guys already been doing it, is that uh, more stat information, like public to show like, oh, how many players are playing each year of league or like, you know, how are we increasing players or regional, that kind of thing. It's yeah, very fascinating. I, I've, I've always been a proponent that we should talk more about our successes and shout from the, the, like the, the top of the, the, the buildings that like, Hey, we're doing this well. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those, um, there's a sports analogy that's always used is like, act like you've been there before. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and so it's not like, it's like, we, we don't need to shout about it or anything like that. There's also a lot of power in just being like, no, we're back. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not even just trying to show off, but like yeah. things that could be cool to understand, like let's say how many chat message has been gone through yeah. because of people playing this game or how yeah. many emotes were used, you know, then it kind of show not just like, oh, people are engaging. Of course, that's kind of like, of course, that's people engaging. That's how you see yeah. it. But show like, oh my God, there's so many people playing these games. Then you're getting more parents, you know, like what are these games that kids are playing? What are this thing that everyone's talking about? I I, I, I I love I love infographics and logo oh, soup. Yeah. I, I want us to do more. I just did uh, a logo soup for uh, our ecosystem because we were we're over a few hundred companies um, that are profitable building things about Riot, and mm. uh, I I wanted to put together like this thing where it's like so I can use it on internal presentations where it's just like here's every logo of every company that's making money around Riot and people being like oh I didn't realize it was that many. It's like uh, a Game Boy and Proctor. It's like yeah, every exactly, single thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I understand that, and I think I think that's very powerful. It's something I I push for. It is. It those are some of those decisions that the insights the and various other people um, make decisions on, and I don't get. I don't really mess with them as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. How can people find you? What's the best uh, way? Uh, best way to find me is uh, um, uh, uh, to, to, I was gonna say Twitch, but no. Best way to find me is uh, Twitter.com/slash/gchorba. Gchorba. Um, uh, I tweet there. I answer DMs. If you have questions about how do I build business around gaming, or you need advice, or if you want to talk career stuff, I'm pretty open to talking pretty much um, about anything. Awesome. I'm not the best about responding, as Martin can say. But, like, <laughs> but I do get back you're to you. You're doing healthy stuff. Yesterday when I messaged you, you were on a run. That was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And today right. you messaged me and I was golfing. <laughs> See, like you're being active. That's good. That's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for watching or listening, whether you're watching it live, listening to it live, or watching and listening afterwards. Uh, thank you so much for joining. And of course, you know, uh, again, you can watch us more on Twitch, uh, listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, many other platforms. And thanks for the follows and all the sub. And yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much, Gene. And I will see you all next time then. All right. Bye.